Well, it is great to be with you all this morning. We had a wonderful worship outside at 9 o'clock, and it is great to virtually be with you. I hope you are tuning in um, and worshiping with us. I want to first say one thing about um, uh, moving. Um, Susan and I did move out of an apartment that we've been in the last two years into a condominium. And uh, what the first thing is never move during a pandemic. It's, uh, it's just not the easiest thing to do. It's been a bit stressful, um, yet we are moved in and we are settled and we are so grateful. We, we did this move because we, we just feel a, a great bond to Christ Church, and it was time for us to set down roots permanently here in San Antonio. We are so thankful for you. We have deep gratitude for your hospitality, your welcome. We have been here now almost two years, and it's been the best two years of our life, and so thank you so much for all that you are to us and all that you uh, share with us, um, and it's a, a great honor to serve here among you. Sadia Manet is a professional soccer player. He plays soccer for the Liverpool uh, Football Club um, and makes millions, tens of millions of dollars um, from them to be a professional soccer player. He also plays for Senegal national team, that is his home country, Senegal is, and he plays for them as well and was going to be playing in the Olympics this summer. Um, that will have to wait until next summer. But he was recently pictured, um, a picture was recently taken of him, and it went viral, meaning that all of the social media outlets and, and platforms got a hold of this picture, and it spread like wildfire throughout the world. Millions upon millions of people saw this picture. The person who took it actually took a, a large photo of him, a full body shot, but then did an up-close version of what he was holding in his hand and circled it. And it was his cell phone, an iPhone. It was about a third, three or four generations ago, meaning it's an old vintage iPhone. Um, and the screen was cracked on the iPhone, virtually cracked so much that you couldn't really read what was on the screen, which is good for, for Sadia that, that whatever was on his phone didn't get published throughout the world. But on social media, he was shamed for making millions of dollars and having an iPhone with a cracked face and such an old iPhone. People made fun of him and everything else that couldn't he buy a new phone and all this kind of stuff, and it went, spread like wildfire through, throughout the world, um, kind of degrading him by the fact that he had such an old phone and that it was uh, broken. It was still usable. And he came out with a statement. He said, my phone is still usable. It still, I, it still functions for me. I have enough money where I could buy all the diamonds that I could ever want. I could buy all the Ferraris that I could ever drive. I could have huge houses in, in any place that I would want to live. But instead, I choose to spend my money on schools and uniforms, on soccer fields of green grass and uniforms and cleats for young kids in Senegal. He went on to say that when he was growing up in Senegal that he had no shoes, he had no school uniform, so therefore he couldn't go to school, and he would play soccer with his friends on a, a dirt gravel parking lot of which no cars could park because where he lived people didn't have cars. 
But he played on this awful uh, ground, and, and most of the time they didn't even have a soccer ball to kick. They would use um, different types of fruit and other things that they would use to kick around with no shoes, mind you. Now he's a world-class soccer player, um, a professional football player, and is well-known throughout the world. And he came out with this statement because he wanted to let everyone know that the broken phone, the cracked face of the phone, reminds him of his brokenness and his cracked life, his, his sinfulness that is only justified by God alone. And of a reminder of where he came from, the depths of where he came from, and, and to remind him that he is called by God to give back to his home country and to his home uh, home city where he lived and grew up. What an amazing story that is. When I think of this parable of, of the wheat and the weeds and the good seed that falls into good soil that grows up amongst, um, amongst the weeds, I think of, of Sodia, a, a world-class soccer player who has chosen to be um, a strong plant of good seed in good soil within the ways of the world that can slowly creep in upon him, and he has been able to stand up against those and say, look, this is how I choose to live, not giving in to the sinful nature of the world. I think that's what this parable has to say, uh, is the message that it has to say for us today. The good seed is you and I, the people who believe in Christ Jesus. We, we, are, we are scattered liberally into the good soil. God, God does that through the power of Jesus Christ. And, and the good soil then is where we, um, we grow and we, we find foundation. And that good soil to me is, is prayer and worship and Bible study. We're nourished by all of the nutrients that we receive from those things that we do um, within the church. That's what I love about Christ Church is that we have been able to continue to worship and praise and sing ever since this pandemic started because that is what we're about. And that is how we actually nurture our faith is by worshiping together even though we might be physically apart, by praying together even though we might be physically apart, and by having Bible study together, nurturing ourselves in the Word of God. And, and that is how the, the good seed that falls into the good soil grows up and can resist being choked out by the weeds of the evil ones, the, the weeds that, that clamor for our attention and for our devotion and commitment. The weeds are, in my mind, the, the ways of the world, the ways of the world of materialism and, and status and power that slowly creep in on us, and if we don't have a firm foundation in Christ Jesus, can slowly choke us out and ultimately win. But we are reminded in this parable that through the gracious love of God and, and the, the countless ways that God promises us that God is always present with us, in the gift of Jesus Christ as, as our Savior, that we will always win. Why? Because life always beats death. Graciousness and righteousness always defeats evil. And the sun will rise and the sun will set and the sun will rise and the sun will set and, and we will grow into the full stature of Christ Jesus and we will receive eternal hope and everlasting love. What an incredible, incredible word of encouragement for us this day. 
In the midst of everything that is going on around us, we can get so pulled into all the ways of the world and, and, and sinful desires and other things that, that it is encouraging to us to know that Jesus Christ is still at work in our lives and God is ever-present. The psalm reminds us of that, that we're, God is ever-present with us and will continue to grow us strong so that we can resist, resist falling into the temptations that are all around us. And when that last and final harvest comes, I believe that because of, of how God nurtures us and how Christ Jesus saves us, we will be distinguished from the weeds. It will be clearly known who the weeds are and who the wheat are, who the, who the fruit are and who are those who are still wanting to steal life from us. Now, all of this is great, but when you think about it, how do, what does this look like in today's world right now? And I want to give you all a word of encouragement from Christ Church this day. For the last two years, I have experienced such an incredible outpouring of love for our outreach ministry. Absolutely incredible. Time and time again, when we put word out, um, you all go to, go to work and go to action. Just this week, just this week, a parishioner um, has spent the last four and a half weeks writing personal notes, personal notes to, to the people of Sidewalk Saturday that we serve, handwritten personal notes that he then put into a FedEx bag, uh, box and, and FedEx those to us, and they were handed out yesterday as people arrived. Over the past few months, we have served countless more people than we've ever served at Sidewalk Saturday. More and more people are coming because the need is so great, yet we have never, ever had a, a, a feeling of scarcity. The abundance of everything that you have given us, not only financial, but also donations of food and clothing and, and supplies, have, have just continued to abound to where we have been able to serve every single person that comes to our doors. This Tuesday... This Tuesday, we will rent a U-Haul truck, and we will, we will drive and pick up furniture for yet another family that's been displaced and give them a full house of furniture to begin their new life together. You are doing that. Your work, your ministry, your love, your grace, your firm foundation in God's word and in prayer and worship is growing all of us into strong plants that resist the ways of the world, which would be selfishness and greed and, and power and status. And we are pushing those all to the side so that we as a church community can serve those who so desperately need to receive messages of hope. You see, it's not about the stuff that we gather together. It's not about the food, the clothing, the furniture. It's about how you share God's love with people that you will never even meet. Thank you, Christ Church, for always being wheat in the midst of weeds. Thank you, Christ Church, for being good seed in good soil. I was watching the news this morning as I was having some uh, quiet time in our new palatial estate, as, as Patrick calls it. The, the butler served my coffee to me, and um, no, we don't have a butler, but um, I served my own coffee and, and turned the news on after some quiet time. And on the news, they were interviewing John Meacham, 
famous historian and author, and who happens to be an Episcopalian. He worships at St. Thomas Episcopal Church in New York City. He was being interviewed because he just finished a book on John Lewis about his life and his ministry. He, had, he mentioned that John Lewis was always gospel-based, that everything that he did as a civil rights um, activist and, and everything that he did to serve our country was always based on the gospel of love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And the reporter asked John Meacham, and he said, well, what were John Lewis's last words to you when you met with him eight days ago? And John Meacham said, he turned to me and he said, Brother John, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Christ Church, keep the faith. Keep pushing on and pushing forward with God's love. For the way of love will lead us to everlasting life and will bring others along with us. Amen.